What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Ragers Week 4 New York Jets. We got a fantastic show planned for each and every one of you. If you are new to the Ragers podcast, here's how it works. We're all about making money, and we're going to help you make money. Up to this point in time in the season, we are 9-3-1 when it comes to our sports betting. We have cashed a couple of our fantasy lineups, and that's what we're about. We're about a show about the Broncos. We're going to look through a sports betting fantasy football lens. And, of course, we're part of the Orange Weekly broadcast. We got the best live shows for you here at Orange Weekly. We're all about fans, brews, and Broncos news. This guy ghosted me last week. No big deal. Y'all know him as Jared. His name is J-Rock. Welcome back to the podcast, brother. Way to ghost me last week, man. I know, I know, man. I'm sorry for uh, for having to ditch you last week, but you know the whole work thing had to come up, and uh, they got me out of there. So uh, I'm glad I'm back, and I'm excited to do this again. And I think the one thing I need to do better uh, in general is listen to you more uh, on our bets. And you called me out on it last week. We do this thing. We do this Ragers podcast. You give me all these Ragers. We're, uh, what's our record right? What's your record right now? Nine, three, Nine. and one. Nine, three, and one. And then I go off and take these off-the-wall bets that have nothing to do with what we talked about and lose all of them. So I'm going to go back to your – I'm just I'm just going to be taking ragers from here on out. And you and you took them last week, and we finally – I did. Cashed. It wasn't a huge cash last week, but we did put some money in our pocket. Broncos are 0-3, but the Ragers, again, 9-3-1 and one on the season. And you know what, Jared? What time is it, man? I think it's beer 30. Beer 30. <laughs> Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. So this week, listen, y'all, the rest of the nation is looking at this game tomorrow night, Thursday night, thinking to themselves, this has got to be the worst dumpster fire Thursday night football game in the history of the NFL. ESPN right now, Power Index, has the Jets rated as the 32nd worst team in the NFL and has the Broncos rated at the 29th worst team in the NFL. Literally, we're talking about two dumpster fire teams, but y'all know how passionate we are about the Broncos. Y'all know that we're not going to stop talking about the Broncos, and we're having so much fun today that we've brought in a special guest that not only is he, he's not a brother from another mother, he is a brother from the same mother. He is my brother, Wally, Walt Diesel, Blastoise, Aces. We got so many nicknames for him, it wouldn't even matter. Uh, Wally is a (laughs) diehard Jets fan. And loves talking about the Jets just as much as we love talking about the Broncos. So we are so happy to have him with us, man. Thank Wally, you, thank welcome you. Welcome to the show. How you doing, brother? Great, brother. Thank you for having me. Finally, one time, I finally get to flex these New York Jets muscles. I don't know how we managed to become fans <laughs> of different teams from such a young age. But all I know is that I bleed green. And I'm happy to be here to talk some Jets football, man. Thank you for having yeah. me on. Yeah, brother. Okay, look forward. And we skipped, our, we skipped one of our favorite parts of the segment today. We wanted to make sure Wally was in there. But I'm drinking the... Um, Four Noses Brewing Company. This is called the Bout Damn Time IPA. What do you got over there, Jared? Um, it's this uh, this brewery that I think you guys have heard of them. They're called New Belgium. Wow. Uh, it's, I got the Voodoo Ranger over here drinking up the Voodoo Ranger today. And, you know, and, if, I mean, I, and hey. if I know my brother, he's got a pineapple truly. Uh, you know, there are a lot of differences about you and I, Broncos, Jet. <laughs> one's, one's handsome, one's not. Of course, I'm the handsome one. Uh, and one's an alcoholic and one's not. So I drink very light, tasty things like pineapple truly. You nailed it. Crushed it. Awesome. <laughs> hey, well, Wally, thanks for joining us this week again. We are looking forward to breaking down this game. Wally is my 
another one of my betting, you know, homies. We we bet oh, yeah. lines every single week. He goes to Vegas. We go to Blackhawk. We do all those fun things each and every week. Speaking of which, I got a quick announcement. The last Sunday in October, um, I don't even know who the Broncos are playing this week. I can't even think of it off the top of my head. Last Sunday in October, um, we will be actually broadcasting Ragers from Blackhawk Central City. We are going to be at the at the casinos all Sunday long, cashing tickets, playing blackjack, pie gal, throwing the dice, pushing the button, hitting the slot machines. If you would like to come out, you want to join us, you want to make an appearance on the show, you're going to have your chance to do that. Last Sunday in October, um, as we're looking, I think, I don't know if Jared's looking up the schedule right now, last Sunday in October, we will be in Central City Blackhawk to Chiefs. Uh, just bet on games, and it's the Chiefs, so guess the what Chiefs. we're going to Chiefs, Chiefs and over. So that's what we're taking that week. So without yeah. further ado, looking forward to, again, this Thursday night dumpster fire primetime game. And like we do every single week, we want to make sure that we provide a chance to educate you all on what sports betting in the world of sports betting is about, but also look at some of the key matchups that we're going to focus on this week. And so, Jared, as you've taken a chance to look at the lineups, looking at the way that all these injury-ridden teams are going to be facing against each other, let's go through these matchups here. And start to identify places where the Broncos potentially have an advantage. Let's start uh, maybe wide receiver crew. What are we looking at? Our wide receiver crew looks good. Uh, obviously, we have our, uh, I think it's the fifth starting quarterback since 2019. I think yeah. it's the ninth starting quarterback since the loss of Peyton Manning starting. Uh, so that's always something we got to look forward to is, is Brett Rippon going to be able to get deliver the ball to some of these receivers? But one-on-one, and this is the same thing that we had last week, one-on-one against these DBs. Uh, and, and we'll kick it over to Wally to find out what kind of uh, defense they play because I'm not sure if they play more of a zone or a man. Uh, but I think one-on-one in-man coverage, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, and Jerry Judy are going to be able to take advantage of this depleted and um, interesting defensive back core. Yeah, interesting. You know, I think I think both would be described as young um, when we're talking about the two units mm-hmm. against one another, with the exception, I think, of one or two veterans on the defensive side, defensive back side for the Jets. Well, like, what's your perspective on the Jets' DB situation? Are they a good coverage team, zone coverage, man coverage? What do you see? Yeah, so. Uh, Jared's right. Uh, we've got a young core and we obviously have some holes. We lost Jamal Adams at the end of last season, maybe the best safety in the league, sent him over to the Seahawks. And surprisingly enough, Marcus May on the opposite side of the field has stepped up a lot in his absence and is becoming quite the, um, leader on defense. But the other three guys with him, uh, they play safe. They play back. They, they don't let anything over the top. They are just playing good conservative football, making the roster, you know, so they're nothing's getting no ball is flying over the over 15 yards in the air for a catch. They're sure. keeping everybody in front. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of zone and they're going to get eaten up, I think, a little bit on crossing routes and short stuff. So that's in- how that's how I see it. Interesting perspective, and again, a little bit of a tidbit for you all. Um, every team that the Jets have played this year, they have had the opposing offense has had at least one wide receiver finish in the top 15 of fantasy points. And so there's an interesting perspective there. I think to Wally's point, a lot of stuff underneath, allowing some high catches to happen. Again, um, they've given up one top 15 receiver performance in every game up to this and, and point. And if I can add to the end of that, not only uh, top 15 fantasy points-wise, but if we're talking raw yardages, all three games this season, the Jets have given up two 50-yard pass catchers uh, on the opposing team, uh, two of which have been tight ends, and that might play into the Ragers a little bit later, but uh, Jets are giving up yes. a lot of 50 and up, like uh, 
it's it's just they're getting lit up underneath at least 50 40 50 40 no problem Jeez, nice very and nice this is, oh, i think wait. this is going to play well into our receiver and our our young quarterback too because if you're saying they're not letting anything deep i don't think i don't think brett Rippon's going to be trying to let anything go deep right anyway so it's he's going to be this going to be the short stuff probably you know uh dump off slash screen slash you know early slants unders crossing routes like you said so that that'll be interesting watch yeah, and, and remember, Jared, to that point, the reason why Driscoll got benched is simply because he was holding the ball too long. This this long. Swiss cheese offensive line, I love this game. I could get a sack against the Denver Broncos offensive line. You give me 100 chances, I can get <laughs> Okay, all right. He always, <laughs> he always does this. And, but see, here's the issue. When we see Driscoll getting benched, it's because he's holding on to the ball. Guess who listened to that? Rippin. Rippin's heard that over and over and over. I think Rippin is going to be willing to let go of the ball pretty quickly um, when we're looking at that. So, Jared, we got Rippin. We got the wide receiver court. Let's just put the whole offense together here. What do you think about the tight ends, running backs? What kind of mismatches, advantages, disadvantages would we potentially have? So we, I think our one loss, one of our biggest losses last week was uh, taking Gordon's yards and uh, receiving yards, right? And I think they're going to try to get him back into the game. They're going to try to get that running game back going. The Jets are not a bad run defense team. Looking at Pro Football Focus, honestly, they're they're doing pretty well at the run stop. And when you're looking at a young guy like Brett, Brett Rippon uh, at, at quarterback – they're going to probably focus a lot on the run knowing that we have Melvin Gordon back there. So overall, Melvin Gordon is going to be, they're going to try to get it to him and I'm hoping he breaks off a couple yards. And obviously right when we get to the lines, we'll take a look at that. But um, I'm liking, I'm liking uh, just like uh, Wally said, like Noah Fant, the tight end, the tight end action, the overall passing option is going to be very good. Plus, let's remember our offensive coordinator loves to air the ball out. It doesn't matter who he has back there at quarterback. Even with Jeff Driscoll in, he was still throwing probably more than I would have thrown. But he was, and I think that's going to give Brett Rippon a chance to throw it. And if they're going to be playing off, that's I'm I'm liking the pass game in this game. Yeah, and in an interesting perspective there, Jared, on on game game three against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we had discussed it here on the Raiders podcast. Melvin Gordon eight carries. That was an enormous mistake. I have no idea what they were thinking, given Melvin Gordon only eight carries in that right. game. Um, that's part of the reason why Driscoll's. You know, he I mean, like I said last week. COVID ain't gonna kill Jeff Driscoll. Shaq Barrett was gonna kill kill Jeff Driscoll, and that was and that's exactly what happened. And I don't know why and they did slow down the run there a little bit more. Wally, flip the script for us here a little bit. Let's right. look at it from the perspective of the New York Jets. You know, there's probably some dumbos like Jared and I somewhere on the other side of the of the country doing the same exact thing, having this conversation. What kind of things from the Jets' perspective are you looking at saying, whoa, you know what, there's actually a chance here. We could exploit this matchup. The Jets' offense has an advantage here or there. Where, where, what, do you, what do you see from your perspective? Yeah, so the the obvious thing that stands out to me is uh, the Broncos' pass defense. And they're giving up 285 passing yards a game, almost 300 a game right now. And that's mm-hmm. not good. It's near the bottom of the NFL. Yep. And uh, – the front four, I think Jared alluded to a little earlier, isn't getting a ton of pressure right now. And last week, Sam Darnold's running all around the field because Indianapolis was putting on heavy pressure on the Jets. So I'm hoping that. Um, and Darnold has given us some bright spots. I mean, he did throw two interceptions, and they were errant, but he was flushed out each time. You know, weak side, bad bad uh, young quarterback plays. But with enough time and enough quick tempo passes today, I think that uh, tomorrow, actually. Uh, I think that Sam Darnold can actually exploit uh, confidence building short yardage passes and chunk uh, the Broncos for 250 
uh, pass yards. I think the offense doesn't look terrible despite all the injuries. We got big veteran players stepping up in the absences of some of the younger guys getting hurt. And the offense is moving forward okay if Darnold takes care of the ball, which I think the Broncos will allow. Uh, so yeah. that's what I think. Yeah, interesting. The, the the part about this game, as I've sat down to try to start to think through, where am I going to put my money? Where am I going to ask you all to think about putting your money? Mm-hmm. Where are we going to potentially try to exploit this Thursday night game? Because the Broncos, um, you know, oh, and th- we got to make it exciting somehow, some way. And I think, Wally, you get to this point here. Adam Gase is playing for his mm-hmm or he's coaching for his career literally right here, right now. There's probably the, the code, the number one coach that's in probably the hottest hot seat of all of the seats possible is yeah. probably Adam Gase right now. I mean, people are calling for his head left and right over there in New York. I think there's, there was some, some negative kind of juju happening at the end of last year. And then it just rolled right into the season and they just got whooped for three games. And you can feel it in the media. Uh, like the pressure on him, obviously it's New York media. That's what the stipula, the, uh, stipulation is that mm-hmm. there's a lot of heat. There's a lot of flack. You got to really take it on the chin. And uh, Adam Gase is, is upset. He's not, he's not very vocal in these meetings and these conferences. He's down. He's not really like defending himself. He's not positive about it. He kind of just takes the flack and tries to prove it out on the field and does not prove it out on the field. So something's got to give soon. And, and this is, this is the, the, what they call in the league, right? The mini bye week, right? We have a Thursday night game. Yeah. We get 10 days before they got to suit up again. Unless it's a bye week, this is basically the only other time of the year where you want to make a significant change to your coaching staff, your quarterback, your whatever, you name it. And so the fact that Adam Gase has his back against the wall, the fact that's, that um, you know Adam Gase basically was given the middle finger by the Denver Broncos organization by not even really bringing him into the, an opportunity to take on the head coaching position after all the work that he did for the Denver Broncos organization – and the fact that Sam Darnold, I mean, we forget he is a top top five pick, or he was one of the top five quarterbacks drafted in the year with all six first round draft picks. You know, this is matching. We we've put the bear in the wall. I'm a little bit hesitant here to to really make a call on uh, on a line, especially when it comes to the to scoring this game. And so, with that kind of as our backdrop, let's look at the lines this week and let's kind of talk through them. Currently, right now, or when the line opened, let's start there. Broncos were about a four-point favorite when the line opened. As soon as Rippon got the announcement that he was going to be the starter, the line has dropped, and it's teetering right now between zero to minus one. The Broncos are a slight favorite. Um, Keeping in mind, we're on the road, although I know the road situation is a little bit different there. But we see the Broncos as a slight favorite, the over-under at 39.5. You know, as you're looking through these lines, for me, I am just – all of this sounds terrible. Number one – I, I have no idea what we're going to get out of ripping tomorrow. Number two, I have no idea what we're going to get out of ripping tomorrow. And number three, <laughs> I really have no idea what we're going to get out of ripping tomorrow. No so, like, it, it's, it's almost impossible to try to make an estimation on what this is going to look like as far as how the Broncos are going to perform. Also, combine, combine that with the fact that the Jets are basically – Adam Gase has basically got his back against the wall and he's coaching for his job, literally coaching for his job. That is a combination that I don't love. Uh, if we had any semblance of some stability on the offensive side for the Broncos, I would be all over the Broncos. I think the Broncos are a slightly better roster top to bottom, but we also have the most money tied up in our salary cap. Jared, Wally, what do you think? I mean, we have a minus one game, 39 points, 40 points is the is the over-under for the game. Do we see a clear edge on either team in either direction? 
I th- the only thing I'd say with the Brett Rippon thing is that historically, new quarterbacks coming in actually do better because nobody has any game film on them. They don't know what they're con- they're what they're looking at. They don't know what their uh, consistencies are. And usually, probably through the first half, just like we saw when Driscoll ended up coming in for Drew Locke, had a pretty good game and almost came back and won it against uh, Pittsburgh when we played right. them. Uh, but you know, obviously, he comes in the next game and they have a little bit of tape on him. They realize he holds onto the ball too long. They they pass rush him. So I think that's the one thing that we have going for us, especially probably in the first half. You know, uh, depending on how Adam Gase is doing uh, mentally, uh, if he makes those halftime adjustments or not, uh, is going to be up to him. But I think um, historically, like I said, the, the new quarterback coming in is going to do pretty well. So we have that going for us. But again, like you said, it's so the inconsistencies on our offense is difficult to look at when you're looking at some of these lines. Yeah, Wally, what do you got on that game, do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with what Jared's saying. The uh, the rookie, or I guess not rookie quarterback, but the new guy coming in, um, he'll probably get a lot of confidence building plays against this Jets defense, assuming that he gets the ball out on time. And I hear a lot of things about him being smart and being mm-hmm. good with his timing, good with his feet. He gets the ball out quickly and doesn't doesn't worry about it because he's, uh, you know, he's he's smart and he'll he'll have a lot of confidence building plays. I bet he can get a lot of drives put together. Um, like Jared said, the Broncos didn't do bad in their last few games. In spite of all this adversity, um, they, 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 they move forward and the Broncos still have a just fine defense. The Jets will find their struggles on offense. Uh, cause we're still quite injury ridden. We don't know who exactly we're getting back yet. Yep. So if anything, I'd go under and I'd go, I'd go Broncos by a little bit. So this is, so that's a perfect segue. So we're talking about, let's think about the betting public right now. 78% of the cash right now is on the Jets currently on their, on their spread. Wow. 84% of the tickets that are being cashed right now are on the Jets side of the ball. So the betting public is telling us that they're leaning towards the Jets. I think that's largely due to the uncertainty at the quarterback position. I think we're all on the same page here though. We have, we have a Jets defense that has been exploitable basically this entire year, especially when it comes to the stuff that's underneath. Mm-hmm. We have a rookie quarter, or, and I think he's not even rookie. I think he's a second year quarterback. No, he's a second year, second year undrafted. Yeah. Like second year undrafted from Boise. I think he's got every record yep. at Boise State after all. He does. There, but um, so you know, we got a kid that's smart, but clearly undrafted. That means that he looks probably like you and I, Jared. You know, us like Wally. Us jokes. <laughs> he probably he probably throws the ball forty yards down the field, but smart. You know, he's good enough to get in the league. All those things. I'm probably staying away from the game lines and the game mm-hmm. over and the game under just because of where that's playing out. Um, let me put a quick plug in here for you, daily fantasy football players. So this is a quick plug here. The best way to make money in daily fantasy football is to ensure that you have identified matchups that the betting public has not identified that are in your favor. Here's what I'm telling you is if we're seeing 80% of the money coming in on the jet side, most of the daily fantasy football lineups tomorrow night are going to be Jets heavy because of the, again, fantasy football and sports betting go hand in hand. If you truly believe that the Broncos have a chance to win, and I don't think that they don't have a chance. I bet it's probably 50-50. The Broncos have a chance to do really, really good tomorrow. I have no idea. What I would be doing tomorrow, and this, and I'll, I'll tweet these out on my OG Ragers uh, Twitter feed. I'll send you my, my, my lineups tomorrow at some point in time. Or, I'm sorry, did I say OG? Because I am <laughs> OG the listen, listen, for the record, I am the original gangster. <laughs> you are the OG Rager. My Twitter handle is the OW, as in Orange Weekly, OW Ragers. Um, I'll be putting all of my fantasy football lineups tomorrow in on the Bron- with the Broncos as the favorite. Basically, I'm going to double down on the Broncos because – the betting public loves the Jets. 70, 80% of the lineups that are going to come in are going to be Jets heavy. If the Broncos end up winning that game tomorrow and have a nice day, 
a Broncos heavy lineup is going to do really, really well because it's such a small percentage of people will have those lineups in. But listen, listen, we, we recognize, listen, the point of the Rager show is to make a crappy Broncos team that's probably going to win two or three games this year interesting because we're going to find the matchups where we can make the money. So let's focus on Rippin for a second. <clears throat> As Jared alluded to, we have no tape on this guy. We know he's smart. He gets the ball out quick, and he starts to drive with seven for seven completions or eight for eight completions, and he throws his pick on his first drive. <clears throat> Let me give you a couple of quick interesting stats. Three of those completions were to Tim Patrick. Three of the seven completions were to Tim Patrick. The other two of those completions were to running backs. So I think that those are important things for us to keep in mind. I think KJ Hamler caught one, and then I think Noah Fant caught one on that drive. I think that that's how the drive broke down. But three were to Tim Patrick, and I think that that's an important note for us this week. And here's the, here's the important thing about that, and here's what we have to go off of with what you're about to say. I know where you're going with this, is that the the Brett Rippon, you know, was on practice squad two weeks ago and is now our starting quarterback. His playbook is very limited. He's going to look at one to two reads before he, got to, he looks at the dump off. And with the amount of time that we're getting, that's going to be it. Our number one receivers right now are Jerry Judy on one side and Tim Patrick on the other. So when you're talking about first, second look dump offs, you're looking at Tim Patrick or Jerry Judy and that's it. And then you're looking at the running backs. Don't be surprised. I'm not sure how much KJ Hamler is going to be getting in. I'm not sure how much of he's going to be on the outside. But first, second look dump off and that's going to be it just because of of his limited playbook. Absolutely. And and Wally kind of alluded to this, right? That they, they'll let the dink and dunk happen. Right now, Tim Patrick is set at 31.5 yards is what his receiving yards are at. He had the only touchdown last week. Well, cleared that 30-yard mark. And his re- number of receptions is set at 2.5. I think both of those lines to me are incredibly friendly lines when we're thinking about that. Um, if we contrast that to what you said, Jerry, Jerry Judy right now is sitting at 55 yards receiving I'm seeing anywhere from 51 to 55 yards receiving. That number feels a little too high for me. I, 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 I that feels a little too high for me. I don't see Rippin throwing for 300 yards. They're probably going to try to eliminate a read or two from Rippin. I think Tim Patrick is a sneaky, really good bet here. I like it in both directions. 31.5 yards or. 2.5 receptions. I don't care which one you like is the betting public. If you prefer either one or the other, I'm going to call it 31.5 yards is my first rager this week over on Tim Patrick's yards. I think that that's a really nice safe bet. He caught some momentum last week. He clearly has a connection with um, Rippin because three out of seven's Rippin's connections were to Tim Patrick. The second piece of that, and it's interesting you mentioned this, Jared, last week, the number one, or the receiver that was out on the most routes last week was K.J. Hamler. K.J. Hamler was on the field for more plays on the offensive side and ran more routes. He ran 44 routes in route last, last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. I think K.J. Hamler right now, he's sitting at 33.5 yards. He is a sneaky pick for me as well. I'm a really big fan of K.J. Hamler. He's got slam dunk, 4.27 speed. His hamstring's there, but to me, 33 yards, 4.2 speed. That's a, that, that could potentially just be a one-catch game for a guy like K.J. Hamler. I'd love to see him a little bit in the screen game potentially. Um, I know they're using him a little bit in that reverse game. I think K.J. Hamler is a, is a sneaky pick here. If we're thinking about the three receivers, Judy, Hamler, Tim Patrick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Judy to the side right now at 55 yards. That feels like a big number to me. I, I like the next two a little bit better based on where they're at in the 30s, based on the production that we're seeing, and based on how we're thinking things are going. Especially if Wally's saying they're going to let some of that underneath crap happen. 
you get a guy like KJ Hamler who's got that breakaway speed and he, he's one tackle away from potentially being a 20-yard catch. I love both of those lines. I'm going to sign, seal, deliver KJ Hamler as another Rager this week. I think that that's a really great option. Again, he was number one. He was the number one receiver out on routes in, in week three against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was on the field more often than Jerry Judy running routes last week. I think that that's an important stat that we need to make sure that we are taking care of. Wally, as you're looking at this from your side of the house, is there a is there a receiver quarterback prop that feels really great to you? And then we're going to round out a couple of props on the backside. Uh, yeah, sure. So if I can echo your side of the ball uh, really quickly, I do think that you're right. We're going to probably eliminate first read type things with Jerry Judy or whoever's um, on Marcus May's side of the field. Um, and then somebody like Tim Patrick or Noah Fant is going to pick whoever, uh, whoever you guys' quarterback is more in love with that day. Then and last week it was Tim Patrick. So Tim Patrick looks good. And like you said, over two and a half receptions, that is nothing. I mean, that guy's picking up two and a half receptions yeah. in the first half, I bet. Love um, I love Tim Patrick's receptions personally. But if we want to go at it from a Jets perspective and try to make some money on the green and white side, because um, the Rangers are friendly both ways. You know, we, we understand oh. that money can be made no matter how you look at it, right? Listen, listen money does money isn't cheer for That's anybody. Right. Money is green and my team is green too. So here's what we're doing. <laughs> I like word. I like um, a particular wide receiver of ours. Um, right now, Jamison Crowder has been out all season uh, since game one and is rumored to make a return, has played practice all week this week and is rumored to return Tomorrow, wide receiver number one, Jameson Crowder, is back in. And it is for that reason that we're taking our second best wide receiver, Braxton Berrios, over on his receiving yards. That's what I like. Last week, in the absence of both Chris Hogan, who is still out, and Jameson Crowder, who will make a return, but he'll be wide receiver number one. He'll draw a lot of the attention. He has a rough shoulder. He, You never know. He gets hit once, and he's out. Braxton Berrios is all over the stinking field. And Sam Darnold relies on him as a safety blanket a lot of the time for the five-yard dink and dunk. If he needs to get the ball out quick, it's going to Braxton every time. Uh, right now, on depending on the app that you have, uh, I don't see a lot of props on his receptions, but I am seeing somewhere between 40, 40 and a half receiving yards for Braxton Berrios. And like I said earlier, I think Darnold can get to 230 passing yards, no problem. 40 better go to Braxton Berrios. It, it must. So... Uh, I like that from from our side. Love it. So, are you saying if Crowder is in, does that improve or hurt his chances? Do you think that will that will improve his chances? I actually think. Okay. Um, it's fine that we need to give Darnold at least one extra read, right? If Crowder's the only guy he's going to go to, um, it's a nice secondary look for a guy like Darnold, who is still kind of young and relies on one two looks. So Braxton Berrios will be in the top one or two, whether Crowder plays or not. I don't see any problem. And assuming that Crowder gets activated a couple hours before the game and a prop comes up for Crowder, Berrios' number could go down, and then you take it, you double down at that point. It yeah. could even sink. So I, I still like it. Love it. Love it. Before we even jumped on the show today, there was actually, a, and, and you're right, man, listen, Orange Weekly, Ragers, we don't care. We just care about money. We that's want right. the bank account go in the north direction. I, if that's up for you, that's where I want to be. <laughs> we want to go north. Um, there was one prop that you and I were discussing before the show even began that we both actually just circled and loved. And I want to just do some education, right? We're all about not only 
about mm-hmm. how to make some money, but we're also helping to educate. And that is quarterback rushing yards for Sam Darnold. Now, really quickly before we get going here, if a sack happens in an NFL game, those sack yardages do not count against the quarterback's rushing yards for the day. Sack yardage is actually counted against the team total rushing yards for the day. So, um, you know, your team might rush for 240 yards but have 30 yards in sacks. It comes out of that statistic, but it is not counted or deducted against the quarterback. The only stat that is actually deducted against the quarterback is if the quarterback takes a kneel down. So if a kneel down happens at any point during the game, they would get the minus one or minus two yards for the kneel down, depending on how the spot happens. So with that being said, Sam Darnold is set at 8.5 rushing yards this week. I looked at that right away. I circled it. I was a big fan of it. Sam Darnold has been touted as not only having a a decent arm, he makes a lot of mistakes. We're not worried about the mistakes. I mean, there's a lot of negatives on Sam Darnold. But he's touted as having a really nice arm and being very mobile. Um, Wally, what's your perspective on Sam Darnold over 8.5 rushing yards? You know, I I like it. Uh, I I don't know that I love it quite as much as you do, but I do like it. And that's because um, last week he got flushed out of the pocket a lot. He had to run a lot. If the Broncos can muster up some pressure and some good pressures from uh, the left side particularly, he'll he'll confidently run to his right because he'll think that he could throw, throw, and then he'll take off, right? So uh, he got 20 or 22 yards rushing last week, blew the eight and a half out of the water. Um, so assuming that the Broncos can dial up a little something to get a, get some pressure, Sam Darnold goes over on his rushing yards more often than not here. I think I like it. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of the Sam Darnold rushing yards. I love the Braxton line. We're giving you a couple of extra ragers this week because we got the inside scoop again. I think the advantage, uh, I, I don't recommend betting on your team all the time because I think your heart is in it more than your mind is in it. But the interesting thing about betting on your team is, Oftentimes, if you're watching enough film, if you're watching enough games, if you're listening to enough sports talk radio and enough of fools like Jared and I, (laughs) chances are you have a pretty good sense of how your team plays. And that's why on this Rager show, we oftentimes focus on these types of prop bets because I think that they are really great and you can exploit some clear matchups this week. Uh, And again, I love love Tim Patrick and Hamler. I love the wide receiver two and wide receiver three three props this week. Uh, Sam Darnold's one that I just noticed right off the bat. Braxton, I appreciate the line on the Braxton. Let me just make a quick note. I am not mentioning the names Melvin Gordon and Noah Fant this week. As I, as we've gone through and I've handicapped this game, the lines have been inflated. All right, we've taken them every single week. We've taken over on Noah Fant and over on Melvin Gordon. Noah Fant is 3-0 and on going over up to this point in time. He's at 44.5 yards. I mentioned this last week in the Ragers podcast. Noah Fant is the only Bronco that is even in the top five or top 10 probably in his position group. Noah Fant is a slam dunk starter, no doubt, on any of your fantasy leagues. He is a top 10 tight end, top 10 talent in the league. That's it. Maybe with the exception of Justin Simmons, who played like dog shit last week, we don't have a player who is top 10 in their position group. Thus, if I know this, you know who else knows this? The New York Jets organization knows this as well. So with that being said, his number has been slightly inflated this week. He's up into the upper 40s for his receiving yards. Melvin Gordon is sitting at the upper 60s. There is speculation that uh, Lindsey would play potentially. It sounds like more less than more no than yes. But I'm going to stick away from those two this week only because I'm not 100% sure what this game is going to look like and feel like uh, for those guys. So I'm going to leave those away. 
I'm going to give you one more fun rager just for the hell of it because I think this is going to be a dumpster fire football game that's going to be a bunch of dog poop burning on your freaking doorstep. Somebody's going to hit the doorbell, and it's going to be Thursday night football. It's going to hit the doorbell, and they're going to run away, and all you have to do is stomp out the bag of Broncos and New York Jets football. But I'm going to take over one field goal in the first half for the Broncos. Currently right now, it's set the over-under is set at one. It's, I think it's at plus 128 or 148. Um so you're getting positive money. What that means is if the over-under is set at one, that if we hit one field goal in the first half, that the line would push. You don't get paid until we get over that one mark, but you don't lose. I think that the Broncos have the ability to move the ball between the 20s. I think that that's a great deal. I think Brandon McManus – I guess I lied. I'm sorry. Brandon McManus is probably a top 10 kicker in the league. I apologize. Sorry, right. Brandon McManus. Yeah. These aren't real football players. So what we're talking about here <laughs> is – I, I, I like the prop bet based on the, the breakdown that we've had today for you all with Wally and Jared. I, I like the ability to move the ball between the 20s. I think that we're going to be able to get that one field goal in the first half. I think that's a great prop bet. Again, I think it's sitting at like plus 130. So you bet you bet 50 bucks, you're going to get extra money back on the top of that. That is also the same bet for the Jets. The Jets are sitting, the Jets kicker, I don't even know who that guy is, is sitting at one field goal in the first Sam half. Sam Ficken, come on, man. Yeah, that's right. Show a little respect for your, your guest. Um, and did you, you just Googled that, didn't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, do need to ver- I do need to verify that, though. Yeah, you okay, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. Siri, Siri, can you help us here? Sam, yeah, Siri. Um, you know, I think that that's a safe bet both directions, to be completely honest. I think this is a lower scoring game, probably. I think that we're going to see a lot of movement between the 20s, but we don't have enough firepower on either side to put it into the end zone. We're gonna. I'm gonna take over one field goal in the first half for the Denver Broncos. If you're feeling froggy, you got an extra twenty five dollars in your pocket. Put over one field goal for the Jets in the first half too. I wouldn't be surprised going into halftime if this game is like a ten six, a nine six, a a, a, a ten three type of game. Yeah. I think we get field goals on both yeah. sides in this first half. I think that that's a tremendous, tremendous Jets bet. Thank you all so much for listening. Let me give you one secret. I think I'm up. I don't remember if I'm playing Jared this week in fantasy or not, but I want to break down this fantasy uh-huh. for y'all one more time. Again, I'm going to take my daily fantasy lineups tomorrow. I'm going to take a Broncos heavy lineup because I think that if the Broncos outperform the Jets, the betting public is on the Jets side. That tells me that there's a chance that the Broncos have a, a chance to win this game. And if they do, we're going to pop and we're going to be in the cash money money. But let me give you this little nugget right here in every single one of my year-long fantasy lineups. I have dropped my current defense and I've picked up the Jets defense. Put the Jets defense. If you're on the waiver wire and you got some bogus, bogus defense on your thing, I'm taking the Jets defense this week. I think it's a sneaky pick with Rippin out there just trying to rip the ball around and he's going to have a terrible day. I think the Jets defense gets a handful of sacks. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the Jets' defense is good for 8 to 12 fantasy points in any standard scoring league that you have going on. Anybody that I'm playing on the Orange Weekly Fantasy, the, I'm, by the way, I'm whooping ass. And now, I mean, everybody getting their asses whooped by a Ranger right now. I take in the Jets. <laughs> I, dropped, I dropped my defense. I think I had the Patriots' defense lined up, but I think they play the Chiefs or somebody crazy this week. So I dropped my Patriots' defense. I picked up the Jets' defense. I think that that is a clutch season-long uh, or a clutch uh, fantasy, season-long fantasy play for this last week here. So without further ado, Jared, did I miss anything this week? No, let's go ahead and recap. So we're only taking two Ragers this week, right? No, we got a, we got a bunch of them. We got the two Ragers Wait. that we really like from the Broncos side is we're going to take Tim Patrick's yards. 
and we're going to take KJ Hamler's yards. We're also going to take right. over one field goal. One field goal. Half. And then on the Broncos side, or I'm sorry, on the Jets side, I am co-signing, co-signing, sign, steal, deliver, <laughs> Sam Darnold over 8.5 rushing yards. I love the introspection on the Braxton guy. Sam Darnold's projected to have 230 passing yards. We know the Broncos are suspect on the defensive side when it comes to some of these things. Braxton sitting at 40 yards. I like that bet a lot. Think about this way. If I saw our, our wide receiver two, like a Jerry Judy type, sitting at 40 yards, I would be hammering that bet. And I think the Braxton yeah. is the similar Jerry Judy bet on the other side. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna co-sign this in pencil. I, I'm going to put the bet on it. <laughs> I'll know, take the responsibility. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the bet on it. I, I think that that's a fair bet with the with the introspection that Wally brought this week to just kind of break down what how he's been a safety blanket for Sam Sam Darnold. We have two rookie cornerbacks. AJ Boye is up and down. He's like a yo-yo. I you know yeah. I think Braxton to get 40 yards is is doable for sure. So um, I think I think what I'm counting here, Jettis, I think we have four cosine. Four in ink and then Braxton in pencil. I'm going to kind of see what happens to the Crowder bet and see if that changes his line any, but I think we got four Ragers. Again, we love Tim Patrick's yards or receptions, whatever you take your pick on your flavor. KJ Hamler's yards, Sam Darnold over 8.5 yards, um, at least one field goal in the first half of the Broncos game, and then Braxton over 40.5 yards. What else you got, Jared? Anything else am I missing? No, I think I think you covered a lot of it. Uh, again, you are killing it this year, and I, I'm glad we're staying away from Noah Fant and Melvin Gordon this week. Although I do think they're going to hammer Melvin Gordon, and I think the Jets are the one team that's going to be able to let you know one or two big runs off. Uh, I, I don't want to put my money on it, and I but I, I do. I'm, I'm expecting it, but I'm not. I'm not super confident, and I'm hoping that that does happen. But no, other than that, everything's good. Uh, I like. All of these ragers, I'm going to take all of them this week. And uh, again, thanks for making us some money, man. Yeah, baby, money's in our pocket so far. Wally, man, anything good for the good of the order? No, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm echoing everything you guys are saying. Melvin Gordon and Noah Fant do look okay. Um, Noah Fant particularly, because I think the Jets are giving up a lot to tight ends this this season. Um, they don't give up a lot of big chunk plays. They keep it safe. They'll probably Melvin Gordon will average like. 3.1 yards to carry and carry it nine times and won't go over. So um, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Melvin Gordon sitting at 60.5 yards right now, the highest that we've seen for this entire year. Again, a little bit scary that we only saw eight carries last week um, with Philip Lindsay's mix in the balance. We're not hundred percent sure. I think he's going to be deactivated. I don't believe he's going to play, but it's not been certain. Qual- it hasn't been signed sale delivered yet. So again, Thank you all for listening. If you want to head over to OW Ragers, even though I'm the OG Rager, but that is <laughs> Orange Weekly Ragers. Um, on the Twitter feed, we, I post a bunch of funny shit all game long, but I'll also post some updates to my fantasy football lineups. Upda- I'll, I'll post my daily fantasy lineups there for you to see. And if there's any last-minute changes to any of the lines that I think you need to be aware of, that's where you can find the information as quickly as possible. J-Rock, Jared, my brother from another mother, Wally, my brother from the same mother. It's been a (laughs) tremendous week. I had a lot of fun with you all. I cannot wait to sit down, kick back, relax. Yeah, hell, I'll even send a picture of Wally and I watching the game tomorrow night from the couch. We'll be there. Can't wait to send y'all. Can't wait to watch this game tomorrow with y'all. Even though it's a dumpster fire game, 
Sports betting and fantasy football is what kind of makes it exciting, right? That's and right. right. Thinking themselves, Why the hell am I watching this Cleveland Browns versus Miami <laughs> Dolphins game? But, hell, to us, it's incredibly exciting. So I'm looking forward to watching this game. For everybody that's out there, we are Orange Weekly. We are your best source of Broncos content. We're a bunch of people that just love the Broncos, love talking the Broncos. We have like 10, 12, 15. I don't even know how many shows we have going on each and every week. We got live shows. We got podcasts. We have interactive shows. You can chime in on a show. Somebody just sent me a message about the show right there. So this is how much interaction we have here for you all. We are about fans, brews, Broncos news, Orange Weekly. We are out. Ragers, make some money. And, of course, go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.